Hey everybody, welcome back to Freecast. My name is Rob Murray. I'm your host. Freecast is brought to you by the Free Press Media uh, and is recorded at the studios of KMSU on the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Uh, Freecast has been on hiatus for a while. Apologies for that, but we are back. And today we have a really uh, special guest in the studio. Um, Isaac Kolstad is with us today. Um, if you don't know who Isaac is, um, well, you probably do. Isaac was, um, he was a big deal in this community. It was, it's been five years since, uh, Isaac, who was a pretty prominent football player at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Um, Isaac was involved in an altercation downtown, um, with another prominent football guy in town, uh, Phil Nelson. And Isaac, um, sustained some serious injuries. Well, I mean, life threatening. He, he almost died. Uh, in that altercation, and um, he has battled back, and today he's um, he's still recovering. Um, still got a long way to go, but he's uh, he's an inspiration. He is really um, you're gonna you're gonna hear everything he's he's been through and um, everything he's done, and uh, he's still he's still battling, and he's he's really uh, uh, an impressive guy. Everything he's gone through is um, um, just uh, just incredible, and. Uh, he uh, he agreed to talk to us. Uh, you also may have seen him. He was on Fox Nine up in the Twin Cities. He they they also recognized that it was five years since the incident and uh, came down, talked to Isaac, and um, did that story. So, um, but we have um, we have a much lengthier conversation with Isaac. Um, I think it's a pretty good one. I think you're gonna you're going to really enjoy it. And uh, let's just um, get right to him. All right, so Isaac Holstead, welcome to Freepcast. Welcome. Thanks, thanks for coming in today. Hello. How's it going for you? Good. I was in uh, St. Louis Park this morning doing the. I go and see a chiropractor for uh, he's um, more for the uh, brain, and he adjusts me and does different um, kind of thing that helps me. So helps me recovery. My recovery, so. And you go to St. Louis Park for that? Every Tuesday I go, yes. There's uh, nobody in Mankato who can get that done no, for you? No, he's a different kind of chiropractor. He does um, eye therapy, like eye things. He does okay. adjustments, and he has a, it's called a beamer, and I uh, lay down, and they put it on my head and for like couple, like eight minutes, and then different times like he's done acupuncture if i had a headache and different things like that so okay it's called uh dr david stussy mm-hmm. and w- because of his uh different therapies and treatments i'm um going to be able to drive i got my okay and i did the uh first round of uh driving testing and now i'm going to do some lessons and take the test. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So you, so you're, you're, you're taking tests for your. I, well, I had to take the first one at uh, at Mayo Mankato, and then okay. I passed the the. Um, it's called a Dynavision, and like how fast you press the buttons, and so I and then it was more a comprehension test, so I passed that one. 
So then I went to Golden Valley, Courage County, and did the um, on-the-road test after I passed the, like, more uh, um, comprehension things. So then I passed. So I drove for 45 minutes, and I passed. So then she wants me to do um, some lessons and then take the road test after I do the lessons. So hopefully I have yeah. that done. So soon you'll be on the road again. And driving a car just around town. Three years ago, they said he'll probably never drive again. Really? So, yeah. Well, well you come first, a long way. Yeah. At first, I said I'm not going to survive, but and then after it said if I do survive, I'm going to never drive. So. Wow, you come a long way, man. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to get to a lot of your uh, recovery stuff, but before we do that, I want to talk. Um, as we do with every episode of Freecast, I like to get. Um, Find out where people came from before they, you know, became well known in town. So, um, tell me about your personal backstory. Where Where were you born? I was born in Dallas, Texas. Oh, I was adopted young, and I've been in Mankato until I was eighteen, and left to go to NDSU. Played there for two and a half years, and then well, where Where'd you go to grade school? Oh, great! I went to um, Franklin. You went to Franklin, Franklin okay. Franklin, yeah. Then I went to... Uh, and you went to East, East Junior High School? Yep, Junior and then Senior year. What was the best thing about East High School? Did you enjoy the teachers yeah, there? I did. I, did oh, I still get in contact with... I have... Get, we have lunch every probably once a month or twice a month on my... High school guidance counselor. Oh, really? Katie Ojampa. Oh, okay. So then, because she helped me a lot in high school with doing recruiting, and because like a lot of schools, you have to go through the clearinghouse, and Mm -hmm. so then she helped me with that things, and then it was always she's been help help me because after I did therapy at Courage County, um, she helped organize. Some teach teachers, retired teachers, did uh, therapy, like speech therapy lessons at my house. So then when I wasn't doing therapy, then I still had, because they said, they say the first year is the most important. So then even though I'm not at therapy doing, then I can be at home continuing my therapy, so... So I know a lot of folks know you about, you know, they know you for your football. Um, but did you do anything other, like uh, other sports when you were a kid? Did you play basketball or hockey or anything else? I played hockey, and and I ran track. Okay. So, I uh, hockey uh, when I was in kindergarten, I you know they send a bunch of things home to parents, and I had I brought something. Something it was try skating for free. So I said, hey mom, I wanted to. So then they signed me up and really liked it. So I I played kindergarten until um, I didn't play my senior year of high school because I was going to focus on football and. So you uh, played all through, but mostly through high yeah, school. Yeah, that's that's. And we were the first Mankato team to go to state. Wow! Back I didn't in know that. 05, 06, So. And then, do you have a sister who plays? Yes, who played she, hockey too. She just uh, um, finished her senior year of hockey, 
in Mankato because okay. she was at UND and then they cut the program so and they cut it at the worst time so like everybody had signed to go like all their places so then nobody really had um like money or like room for players so then luckily Mankato had some space and she came back here for a couple of years well, that's good Closer to family, yes, and watch her play. So, well, we they my parents went to every game. It doesn't ma- didn't matter. I, yeah. So then, but I, I, I parents are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's partly my fault because I like when she was because her senior year, um, their their senior night, I tweeted uh something because like her her first year, she was scared to um, go on ice, and I said so I. I was probably like eighth grade ish, or like mm-hmm. I was playing. So I would tie her skates and walk on on the ice because my parents didn't play. So so I was the one to tie her skates and oh, uh, and then really nice. and then after that, um, the year I transferred back from NSU to MSU, I had to sit out all fall because school had started at MSU. So okay. then the print the uh, transfer rules like you have to be enrolled in classes to graduate so i can't just take like random so i just sat out saved that semester and um worked and that was my senior or my sister's uh i want to say junior year so then i helped um on the ice the and just did some drills and shot on the goalies so that was another way to be in involved in hockey and are you guys pretty close you and yeah. your sister and we joke around she's um finishing school this summer so very nice um so i guess i didn't know that you went to ndsu before you went to msu yes why why did you choose ndsu was it a football decision um well when i was started getting recruited i had some options and then I my junior year going into my senior year I started talking to NSU and Craig Dahl went to NSU so I'm sure they had good um good success with him so then I Craig Dahl's the East grad yeah, that he, went on to play for playing the NFL yeah has a Super Bowl so yep. so then I uh okay I'll check it out so I went to uh, a recruiting visit one one and I saw uh, and they have pretty nice facilities, so I saw everything, and then I, okay, and then went on a couple others, and I knew NDC was, like, because they, I knew I wanted to play defense, so then okay. when I went there and they recruited me as a safety, strong safety, and then I ended up playing linebacker, and but I really enjoyed my time there, and I have some good memories good people I met there and and then you came to, to Mankato yeah. though right so then did you transfer so yeah summer of 2010 my uh my girlfriend she was pregnant so then I was going to play and then like for when you have a year scholarship you always sign your um papers sometime in August so then I had like a I just didn't feel right about staying and not. So then I 
couple of days before I um, had to sign. Like, well, actually, I called, and then a coach, a coach from MSU, said, "No, we can't talk unless you're released." And then I okay, so then I got released for my scholarship, and then. So just to be clear, your your girlfriend was in Mankato. No, she was at the U, so she moved. Oh, at the U. Yeah. So okay. She she moved back too, and so we both. So then I. And you were hesitant to to resign up there because you wanted to. I wanted to see. I want to be in my um, daughter's life. Right. And I, okay. Because football, I mean, football is not like fun as nice, but I'd rather be a dad and. Mm-hmm. And then, luckily, I was you. Was they recruited me in high school, and I knew I could hopefully play there. So then, I, uh, so did you reach out to them at some point and say, "Hey, I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. coming back." I, I, ca- I kept. Uh, well, he's gone now. Coach Bell, he he was the D back coach, and he recruited me in high school. Mm-hmm. So then I kept his car because you never know. I never, you never know if you know things happen. So then I called him, and he said, "Hey." Are you released? Like, not yet. I don't know. We can't talk until you're released. Like, so then finally got my release. And then, um, the, oh, the coach, a couple coaches at NDSU said, you, uh, could always come back in the spring. But I knew, like, I need to be here. And so then I tried to play right away because I was still in really good football shape. And, Mm -hmm. Um, school had started, so they said, no, you can't start. So I had to wait until spring of 11. So in the meantime, though, did you stay in stay in shape and try yeah, to make uh, sure you're ready for the next yeah, season? Yeah, I would work out by myself, and then I still had some workouts from um, NDSU, and then I uh, worked, I landscaped, so that kept me in pretty good shape. And then spring, I started... I was training for football again after New Year's started and school started again. So, so football seems like is a huge part of your life. Is it still oh, yeah. a big part of yes. your life? I mean, is it still part of your identity the way it was when you were in college? Not as much, I would say, but I still really enjoy the game. I mean, you're not playing, obviously, but yeah, I mean, do just, you still attend games and yeah, follow I the game? Probably only missed like a handful of games since I've been done. Like we went to. The championship game back in um, 14, 15 in KC. So, and um, yeah, I haven't really missed that much. So, and it's fun to see the guys that have moved and come back and mm-hmm. we hang out. And I saw during the uh, football um, golf fundraiser, um, I saw Chris Reed. I played with him and he signed with the. Miami Dolphins, so it's good to see him and talk to him and see him. So, what what were your um, football aspirations like when you were in college? I mean, did you were you hoping at some point to maybe try out for a professional team? Get a? I mean, was that still a part of I your think thinking when I was like freshman, like sophomore, like I mean, maybe like yeah, and then when I got. To, well, when I had my daughter and when I got um, older, then I was like, oh, I mean, it takes a lot. Just even playing D1, D2, like, that's like, we, we only had 
we had games on Saturday, and then we had, we still had Sunday. We had film of the game that we just played, and then workout, and then, and then film of after we work out, we'd start watching film for the next next uh, week week's team. So and then it's, it was tough, but I mean, I think I mulled around thinking about playing more, but I I didn't want to pursue anymore that I played. I had a great time when I did, but um we should we should just tell listeners, um Isaac and I talked beforehand. He he's not gonna be talking about the incident uh that happened. Um we had that agreement. I'm not gonna ask any questions about about that. I mean I'm gonna ask a couple but nothing to do with any of the facts of the case or any anything about legal matters. That's just we're not gonna bring that up. So um, if you're waiting to hear about that, you can you can probably turn this off because we're not gonna we're not gonna go down that road. But um, <clears throat> one thing he did say that it would be okay that I asked was if is if he re- remembered much about that night. So do you remember much about that night? And just bits and pieces. I was going out a normal night, and my friend graduated in the spring because I graduated in the um, winters so then. Went out just a normal night and different things happened. That you were just out for yeah. a out for a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, what I think is 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 a more interesting part of um, this conversation, Isaac, is your recovery. So, if if you could kind of walk us through a little bit about kind of what's going on and um, it, you know, and go back as far as you know, coma when <laughs> when you were like when the people were rallying around you hoping you would just live um, and then you did wake up eventually tell me what your recovery has been like what you what you've had to do um, how hard that road has been for you well I think it's different because everybody's recovery from a TBI is different but like I like enjoyed it so, like I uh, TBI I is like, traumatic brain injury yeah okay cause I like I thought it was like football like I had to work like keep work keep pushing and so then the first couple of days and first I think like day five or six they tried to my surgeon from Man- from Mayo had to talk the doctors in Rochester because Rochester wanted to pull the plug like hey like he's he's done but my surgeon Dr. Canella that he had to, he drove to Rochester and said, "Hey, like he's young, he has a family, like he he's going to make that make it." So then he had to really a couple of times just to fight for life. So then when I finally short started showing live signs of life, um, they uh, transferred me to Bethesda in St. Paul, mm-hmm. and then after because that's uh, acute trauma center like more um motorcycle and had injuries and then after that I went to Courage County and that's when I was there and I did a lot of the bulk of my therapy that I remember was at Courage County. So just so I'm clear though, you you're saying that your your doctor had to go to the Mayo Clinic in yeah. Rochester and tell them not to yeah. take you off life support? Because they didn't want they said if if I did survive I was going to be a vegetable and not have a 
good quality of life. So then, but my surgeon said no. Like, so then he did everything to make sure I had a had a chance to. So the guys at Mayo Clinic are usually pretty smart. Yeah. So what, what did your doctor see that they didn't see that led him to fight so hard for you? Um. He. He has a lot of faith in God, and okay. he just he. I guess he knew, and he had. He a just he, he knew his patient. Like, yeah, and because I was like, they said because I was in good shape. I just got done with football. Like if I was like, like seventy, and you know, I wouldn't be able to take the kinds of drugs that I had to um, have when I was in a coma so then after that um different and then a lot of I think uh when I did wake up like I still remember one of the first like probably the second week at Courage County I told my dad like cause I, I really didn't know what exactly happened and I told my dad like hey uh I need to get back to Mankato because I thought I could still play football. Like, I I told my dad like the team needs me. Like I like I'm pretty good. Like they can't because it's around like summertime. So like I should be training like working out. And then my dad told me like, no. Like you played. Like you're done. You were working. Like what? Like no. Uh, so that's how the brain injury works. Like I. It set me back, back to my senior year. So then I don't. So you were your your career was over. You were yeah, already in I was the, working in the yeah. workforce. So then I, so then he had to draw out a timeline. Like, hey, you went to NDSU, and then you went came back because Hayden, my daughter, was born. So he came back and then he played. You graduated. Like, oh, and I still thought he was crazy. I thought he was just trying to make sure I didn't play again because my head, my um my TBI so I couldn't mm-hmm. play football anymore but oh dad you're crazy I can play look at me <laughs> so um at your like at the very early stages of your recovery and your rehab um how physically like limited were you I mean could you could you you couldn't walk right no, I was in a wheelchair okay and then when I started walking it was um <clears throat> I wasn't stable. Like I had to have a gate belt on, and so if I did fall, somebody could catch me, so I won't um, hit my head again. Because they say a second TBI is worse than is worse. So then, so then I uh, just was learn. I started uh, doing a lot of therapy, and I did the ABO program from Courage County. So then, I would they would uh. Hook me, hook me up to a treadmill that has a speed. That's, that's a Courage Kenny? Courage Kenny. and used to have, be the Courage Center, yeah. right? Okay. Now they have more than this one. So then, okay. so then the treadmill has a speed control, and it, it maxes out at 7 miles per hour. So then I started going that for, like, a long time. And it's funny because they – it's not used to – because I – it's more for well, it's for everybody. It's more for people that have um, spine injuries or things. But then I had a TBI, so my right side is uh, affected more. How so? Um, 
well, it's been better now. It's got it's getting better, but it's more like the first couple of years I would have a bad limp on my right side. It's, okay. And now I have a just a I have a little one, but it's not like more pronounced like I used to be. And yeah. so then they would help me with the able program would help me with my walking and running, and they helped with that side of that. And that's a therapy program that is not covered by insurance. And I'm thankful that the fundraisers had helped me to do mm-hmm. a lot of different kinds of therapies that I wouldn't be able to do without it. So, Did you not have insurance? Or no, I had insurance, but those kinds of therapies are not covered oh, by okay. insurance. Okay. So, cause I did that, and I did uh, the hyperbaric chamber, Yeah, and that's not covered by insurance either. So, so How long did it take you to be able to walk on your own? Oh... I can't remember. Okay. Because, well, there's a YouTube, because my brother biked across America to raise money for Curtis yeah. County. Yep. So then that has the timeline of when I, because it has when my first uh, words and. Ah, your first so, words? Yeah, my first words. Like I. What were, I what, what were your first words? I can't remember. It was, uh, I think, either mom or Molly. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I think, and then after that, um, uh, dad, I could say dad. Yeah. Okay. Because they said I was never going to talk, and I started. And then I remember that the probably because I had to come to back to Mayo, Mankato to um, scan my brain brain to make sure. Is done bleeding, so then I asked Dr. Canella, like, because he pushed on my fingers really hard, so my pointer was all black and blue, and then, like, do you have to push that hard? <laughs> and so then he said, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore, so. So it, you're... Your therapy regimen must have evolved as you got better. Can yeah. you tell me about, um, you know, at, at first they must have just been trying to get you to be able to walk yeah, or to talk. Yeah. How did it evolve then? What, 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 once you could walk, was it just more walking, trying to walk better? Because um, now you're going to be driving, so I assume there was a kind of an evolution of your therapy that you had to go through. At first it was uh, just um, different. Like I had a... Uh, the uh the bands like I would do the band exercises and mm-hmm. I remember I would have because I always asked for um homework because I was living at Curzla like hey like I just don't want to go home and or don't want to go to my room and just watch TV like can I do something to get better so then my PT would have me throw a beanbag up just for coordination mm-hmm. while I watch TV and. A lot of different, uh, and then I did uh, the the bands to stretch my um, my foot just for the strength factor and different things like that. And then trying to think what else we did. Oh, at Able when I was doing Able, you do an hour on the treadmill and then an hour on the ground. So then I was could would run 
up a hill and that was not fun I still remember that hot days and but I mean kind of like I it's hard but uh, took me back to the football days of like always like training and wanted to get better and so there's the physical side of the recovery and then there's the mental side of the recovery um how hard has it been for you mentally now you must have had some some tools going into it because be being a sort of an elite athlete you need to be mentally tough as they say um did, did that did that did that did that skill you had help you um in the mental part of your recovery and trying to it must have been depressing as hell to be in your situation well the first year was i mean i i don't know because i just asked like why like why did it? and then i the more i like i mean just thankful for the support and the people that like my parents and my brother and sister and people that continue to help me get better and then just when I was like I don't know it was it was hard like it was hard the first year like you know like not being like the same and then like having to fight to get just a little better and then like okay so then I, when I first saw, okay, I can get better, and then slowly different things get better. And Were you ever in danger of, you know, like uh, depression or anything? Did you ever have any, um, you know, any kind of worry that you would struggle with that um, at all? I mean, a, little, a lot of folks might in, I your, mean, in your situation. I'm thankful that I can have my my daughters, my parents, and help me with things like that. I mean, I'm in a, a great place right now, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. So, so there was never a time though early on when you were, "Woe is me! This sucks! Why me?" <laughs> no, I think it was because like it was just helpful with like seeing like just random people oh hey Isaac and I had no idea it still happens and yeah. you know if I was like oh man and then somebody just like random person like oh yeah hey Isaac and just would make me feel better than I was that day mm-hmm. so so at this point how independent are you I mean do you do you live alone do you live with your children do you have to have somebody around to help you uh, like a nurse or something no I live by myself I have okay. a townhouse. Okay. So I, I live myself, and then I, um, see, see I uh, see my kids Wednesdays, every Wednesday, and then um, weekends, every other weekends, and then either my mom or dad will be there with me with my kids. So, have I'm mean, so. How long have you been able to be? that independent because there was a time when you needed someone around all all the time right yeah and i got cleared to live by myself um in fall of 17 like late like november and then but i couldn't like i didn't want to live in like just an apartment i wanted 
place for my kids to mm-hmm. ride their bikes, and so I finally found a place um, last fall, and then now it's working out really well. You must be living close to here because yeah. I was in the drive-thru one day at uh, Massad's, and there you go walking <laughs> by. I'm like, oh, there's... Isaac Colston. Yeah, I, yeah. I should call him and do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I always. And it's funny. Like, I walk from like the Jakes on campus by to go to either Genevieve's or CVS or anything, mm-hmm. and then I'll get like probably two or three times a week just a random person. Hey, like just honk at me and wave, and that feels good. Just uh, you know. Somebody sees me and says hi. And so another time that I saw you, Isaac, um, I was downtown at kind of the spot where the incident happened, and you were there on that spot, and you were like you were just just standing there. Do you do you visit that spot once in a while, or? Um. Well, I go to the pub five hundred and play poker on Mondays, but. I don't really go down that way that much. I mean, do you avoid it? Is it no, a spot I mean, you don't want to? No, it's no? fine. Like I, I, not worried about the spot. I just, I don't know, just. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. So after the incident. This this town really rallied around you, yeah. and I still see as you're wearing on your shirt today, uh, twenty two strong. Uh, is, is, is on your yeah. shirt and it's on yeah. bumper stickers around around yeah. town. Were, were you aware of how much support you had in the community and all, all the things, all the fundraisers being done yeah. for you at the time? That's crazy. Like back in when I walked on the field, that um, back in. Um, 14 mm-hmm. and, and I uh, like it was crazy like I didn't know like I really because I was back I was up in Golden Valley so I didn't know how much was going on I still have a bunch of I have, in my garage I have two um, Maverick posters that people sign when I was in coma like get better like praying for you and so I I have those hung up in my garage and See, see them, and you know, and I, I mean, this is. So you, but so at that point, you you did didn't know what was going on, but when no. you did finally realize, just how broad the support was throughout the community, how did that make you feel? I was just, I'm thankful, and I'm just like, I'm just glad that I've had so many like, just like. You know, when my hair cut is shorter and you see them, and just, like, so many great conversations I have with this, like, strangers that know of my story or know of, like, either my parents or my siblings. So then I just met a bunch of different people through my assault. So there must be um, a lot of people who um, in town who didn't know you personally yet they come in contact with you throughout the course of your life and they don't know you but they want to talk to you because you're that guy do you do you ever get tired of new people asking you how you're doing and what's your story and how are you you know 
Yeah. Does that ever, I mean, do you get tired of <laughs> telling your story to strangers all the time? Not I mean, it must really. still happen to you. Yeah, it does. It's just more about the time, like if I busy, if I have my kids and I have to get in and get out and then I try to say like something shortly and move on, but I mean, I enjoy at the same time, though, you must feel a, a, a little bit of, not obligation, but, I mean, a lot of folks supported you yeah. with their money. I mean, yeah. they donated to, to your cause, and does that make you at all feel like you have to kind of be polite and talk to people all the time when they want to? Yeah, I, I always, like, I've never, like, I try to um, talk and... Because I'm just saying, if it was me, I would have been done with that a long time ago, yeah. and, like, you I mean, know, enough... I guess it helped when I played football and, you know, talked to people. I got used to talking to different kinds of people. And mm. then when I was um, selling at Fast and All, then I, again, talking to people. And while there is not, I'm making a sale, I'm de- talking about, like, anything just to, so I guess I'm. You're okay. That, yeah. Um, so the other side of that coin, some, um, do, do you do you worry that people will move on and not ask you about what happened anymore? I mean, do you do you does it does a part of you still want to be asked and uh, to tell your story and to let, let people know what happened? I I don't have any preference. Like I okay. like when they when like some people still don't know like. When I have my hair growing out and they really can't see my scar, and they like, I mean, it's fine when people think I'm just in, like nothing happened. But again, around here, everybody like I can't go to like the store without knowing somebody because they. Yeah, either, you're, I mean, you're probably one of the more recognizable yeah. people in town. Yeah. I mean, so, your face was everywhere for a while. And then <laughs> when I was at working at Lowe's, then no, I was like so busy that that last summer when, but now when I'm at Drummers, still having a lot in the spring, but now like people have everything, so yeah. it's more. So what do you do at Drummers? I work in the uh, tree and shrub lot mm-hmm. outside and um, more helping selling and um watering <laughs> when it's hot so yeah cool finally slowing down a little just a little so is that is that your i mean you said you're working at fastenal and then i you... worked at fastenal before i got assaulted i was outside salesman and then um obviously you couldn't have that job no. anymore because you were busy recovering yeah um so what 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 what's your hope for your career down the road are you gonna do you hope to stick with drummers do you hope to get back into a sales job well i work at drummers um for just the summer for a temporary job and then eventually like i still want to write a book about everything that's happened yeah like more about the recovery and not what happened that night more like what I've done since because I mean there's crazy things I've been able to do and um, see so I I need to if you want a ghostwriter let me know 
I'll help you I, out. I've, because uh, I talked, I met a guy. He sent a book to me and, and Molly uh, when I was in a coma. His name is Nick Denon, and he's he got, he um fell down in a, a ravine back in, I can't remember the date, but, um, so he wrote a book. So I met him this winter, and he told me, just write anything down. It doesn't need to be like, and then go back. And so then I have some things That's good written down and just need to take more time and get done. Um, you also, you said you, you mentioned you are in, so you're doing physical therapy still? I'm doing, I'm just doing the chiropractor. Okay. You're also doing speech therapy? I'm doing um, speech therapy at... I'm MSU, the Clinical Science Building. I just I go on Thursdays. How's that Thursday. going? It's good. I like it. It's more like um functional things I work on, like and um like comprehension things. So, did you have to like re relearn how to? Yes, talk? I had to relearn the alphabet to count. And it's funny because different things like came back because everything like is stored somewhere there, like. Because the funny thing about my injury, like, the first, like, six months when I came back to Mankato, like, everybody thought I didn't know who they were. But, I mean, some people, their brain injuries, they lose everything. But I didn't. Like, I still remember, like, I still remember, like, play calls from high school. I still remember, <laughs> like, I still remember, like, so then. So, uh, and it, it sounds like, I mean, it was a horrible thing that you went through but it could have been a lot worse it could have been well you could be dead yeah. um, and short of that you, you could have lost a lot more of your memories than you actually have so it sounds like um, it hate to say you got off easy but um, it could have been a lot worse. worse yeah because I still remember like some of those like great games so mm -hmm. I still remember my pick six at Wednesday so I remember like and all those the good things are still there. So, the pick six at Wayne State. Yeah. tell me about it. My junior year, um, we were that was a year that we went thirteen and one, and we I think we're there. We're at Wayne State and we're up twenty one zero, and then one of our best D linemen, Jeff Raymond, um, ripped his hand. So then like. They like they uh, made him go out, and we were getting just gutted out on the ground. So then, um, halftime we had a little talking too, and I um, it was a just a running back screen, and I read it, and I um sl slipped through the O lineman for the screen, and then it tipped to me, and I caught it, and then I ran to the end zone and nobody because I was out there so that one helped us win the game was that here in Mankato no, or was it was it? in Wayne it was in Wayne yeah so that's one I always remember and did you quiet that crowd out there yeah <laughs> it's not as busy in Wayne Nebraska so okay <laughs> um so what do you what do you do for fun Isaac uh, I enjoy time with my daughters. Mm -hmm. We we bike and 
We go to Lions Park, Bear Mound, and then I like playing playing uh, free poker at the Wild Zone or the Pub 500. So I play there because I started playing there the year after my assault because they said card games are good for your brain. So I played. Oh, okay. So now I play. I mean, it's still good, but I still I like enjoying talking to different people and playing cards and. You can't lose. How is it good for your money. brain? Is it just learning the strategy? And that's just yeah, that's out just what I've heard do. from different doctors and different um, therapists. So. Okay. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm just. You got some notes there. Is there anything you want to you want to bring up or? Um, well, I guess now. I'm just, I'm still, um, the, I go to the chiropractor just once a week and then hopefully by the fall I'll be able to drive again and that will, that's the goal yeah, that's, by, uh, by fall? Yes. My goal. I mean, they, cause I, they have to get me on their schedule and they're busy, the driving test. So, uh-huh. so um, what's, where's the first place you'll drive once you I get your know. license? I don't know. Have to think about it more, more. But enjoy. Maybe just go for a drive. Yeah, just have fun. Well, thank you very much, Isaac. This has been uh, a privilege to have you on. This has been an honor. Thank you for saying yes to this to this request. And I enjoy like it doesn't matter like people come up to me and I sometimes I still see like and like. Some people are don't want to, but hey, if you if you see me, you know me. Like, it's fine to come out. Well, people will see yeah. you, and you can tell that they know who you yeah. are, but they don't want to say yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. And you're saying it's okay to come and talk yeah, to you if I, you want. Okay. Yeah. So there you go, uh, listeners. If you see Isaac and you want to go talk to him, he's happy to tell you his whole story, his whole yeah. life story. Yeah, I don't just, bite. Just like he told us. I don't bite. So. Well, thank you very much, thank sir. Thank you. Yeah, fine.